1: Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been okay.
0: It's been busy. I've been on call this week. I feel like I say that like every week, but I've been on call this week. My call lasts until tomorrow morning and then I will be off call. And so far this week, I'm going to knock on wood because my call is not over yet. But so far this week has been a pretty decent call. I My sonographer has been in and out. So I've been like doing Her job plus my job pretty much this whole week. So it's been a little bit of hecticness going on at work, but I got through it. I made it through the week. And so I want to say thank God I made it. And uh, hopefully this upcoming week will be an even better week. But you know, we've also been busy because we've been planning the regional conference. As you know, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And we are having South Central Regional Conference here in Houston. So um, we are one of the host chapters. So it's the Houston Metropolitan Area Chapters, or HMAC, are hosting um, the regional conference, which is going to be next month. So we are actively preparing for everything that's surrounding that and still recuperating from some, from some of the former events from my own chapter. And yeah, I mean, so it's just been busy, busy. You know how like, you don't want to rush life because you rush life too fast, you die. But this piece of my life, like I'm ready for like April to be here, just so this like busyness can be passed
1: out the way. Okay. So let's go back for a second. Did you have an eventful call? Was it easy going? Like, was it good because it was easy or it was good because you had things to do?
0: It was good because from a call standpoint, I think I may have gotten just a couple of calls. So I may have gone in the hospital twice. And for me, even when I'm not on call, I'm going to the hospital like every single day. I think God showed me a little bit of mercy um, because he knew he's like, you know, when Nicole? call, I'm not going to beat you up too bad because I know you don't have a sonographer. And I know you don't have a full staff in your office. So I'm not going to, you know, I know you may not be able to handle that. So I'm only going to drop like two, three consults on your lap this week and I'm going to drop them on the days that you have full staff. You see how he works? Mm -hmm. Won't he do it? Won't he
1: do it? Wow. I mean, that's that's good because, you know, babies, they don't, they do not wait. They come when they want. We can't really predict when they come. We can try, but I can't even imagine. And it's not like you have a shortage of things to do. Like, that's the other part. It's not like outside of your work, you just are like, oh, I kind of chill. You're a member of like 50 groups.
0: No, I'm not a member of 50 groups. I'm a member. I am active in a couple of organizations. Couple. I believe in being, I believe in being a woman's health advocate. Okay. And for me, you don't make change by looking, sitting there eating popcorn and critiquing. You make change by being involved in the organizations that bring up the policies and advocate for women. It's Blows my mind how people sit and complain about stuff and then want to go work and go home. Like, who does that? Like, if you are going to sit and complain, at least be in the trenches trying to advocate for people. Like, practice what you preach. If people are like, well, I would have done that better. Well, show me how you would have done that better. (laughs) Like, show me. Like, let's... Put your money where your mouth is, like make some donations, be involved in a couple of things. I mean, God, you can't just sit here and complain. You got to be active. So those organizations that I feel really, you know, relate to the things that I have interest in. Yeah, I'm active in them.
1: How many organizations are those though?
0: I don't know. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. So anyway, Janine, enough of me. What did you do this
1: week? I worked. I feel like this is the same thing I say every single time. I worked. I did a lot of work, right? So we're getting ready for um, opening night this coming Saturday. So it's like this will be my first official game. So I'm excited.
0: So what can we expect from your first
1: game? Any surprises (laughs) coming No surprises. There are no surprises. We're we're having some, you know, salutes to Black History because it's our only game in Black History Month. So no surprises, but it'll be fun. This will be, oh, this will be our opponent's first ever match in the league. So it'll be super exciting for them as well as us because we get to host their first ever match. It'll be fun.
0: You know, I thought that when I, you know, have friends that are now in high places that I would be invited to these types of things to make appearances. But apparently I'm not important enough to be invited to these types of things, but that's okay.
1: I'm going to give you a pass. You're more than welcome to come to any one of our matches. I didn't even know that you were a soccer fan. Like I just, you know, was like, eh, maybe she does. She's not interested. You know, my sister played soccer in hey. high school. So,
0: yes, Stacy played soccer, so I had to follow
1: the game. Oh, okay. Well, you and Stacy have to come. Let's pick which match you want to come to and then you can come on. It'll be fun.
0: Okay, I'm going to definitely do that.
1: Nicole, have you watched any fun shows this week? So,
0: uh, I have what I've been watching and not really this week, but it's been like over a couple weeks. Sweet Magnolias. And I just feel like it is like quintessential de Ritter. I mean, it's just like such a cute little Southern Belle show with such a cutesy little romantic plot with each of the characters. I just love it. And these women are true, just Southern Bells. So I watch that usually. It's playing in the background when I'm charting or between patients because I just think it's amazing.
1: What about you? My friend Ebony would watch that show and she was like, oh, my goodness, my favorite show, Sweet Magnolias. And I was like, oh, OK, I tried to watch it. I think we got through like one episode and I was like, hmm, does it get better after like episode two? Yeah, it does
0: get better. Okay. I'm telling you, it gets better. Keep on watching. And now I'm in season two. I'm like almost done with season two. Actually, I'm going to finish season two tonight. And it's good. Okay. It's good.
1: Good. I have to give it another try. But I've been watching Shonda Rhimes' new project. It's called Inventing Anna. It's basically this like Russian slash German heiress that she was supposedly an heiress and came into this country and bamboozled everybody. It is actually really good and it's based on a true story. Because I went to go look her up to see if it was true or not, and you just have to like. Do a quick Google search on her. She got over on the best of the best of them. Like, she did that. Like, and this is actually the second TV show that I've watched or Netflix special, I guess, that I've watched on these, like, swindlers, essentially. Apparently, it's a thing. There was this one guy. He swindled, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars out of these women. Anna, I think, I don't think he went to jail. But Anna, I think that she went to jail for a couple of years because, she was swindling these people, and she was swindling like banks and hotels. And it's actually a really good story. You should watch it.
0: Well, I guess I'll put that next on my list after I get done with uh, *Sweet Magnolias*, because I think they only have two seasons out right now. So, uh so I'll have to definitely watch that. Hmm. You know, I think it's funny how these Caucasian folks out here swindling people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and us Black people out here living check to check what are we doing? Like, just just like that. extremes of life. Like stop swindling people out of like, you know, welfare and income checks, uh, you know, income tax cuts. You know, these people over here are like
1: swindling big, big, big money. Huge money, like millions of dollars money. It's nuts. The fact that when I was watching it, I was like, Ken, the reality of this is, is that the only reason that she's able to do this is because she's a white woman. Absolutely. You just have to, You have to watch it. It's the nuttiest thing. I think the other one is called Tinder Swindler. And he basically was meeting these women online and they were emptying their bank accounts for him. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars for him. And then one lady was like, oh, I'm going to get him back. And she started selling his clothing. Girl, you have to just watch these shows. It's insane. But it goes to show that these people are getting away with it. And we're out here trying to figure out like, what's going on? How did this happen?
0: Ain't no way. That's why I tell people all the time, listen, it don't matter how much money you make. If you're dating somebody and they can't support themselves, don't you give them no money. Uh uh-uh. Don't you give them nothing. Okay. All right, Janine. So what's on your timeline this week?
1: Okay, Nicole. So this one really had me feeling some kind of way. And while everybody knows that I'm not a parent, I really don't have a desire to be. I did actually work in child care for many, many years through my teens and my early 20s. So I can't imagine something like this happening. Like when I just saw the story, I just was like, how does this even happen? Like it, I could not fathom how this happened. So let me paint this picture for you. You've had a long day at work. You may have been up against deadlines, be working on a project, may have just finished a delivery and you're running late and you have to pick up Harrison. So you hop in your car, you race over to Harrison's daycare, and you arrive at 6.28 p.m. You know that you're running late, so you've already prepared in your mind that you're probably going to pay these late charges, but you make it just in time, or at least you think. And then when you arrive, Harrison's daycare is dark. There are no lights. So you try the doors. You realize that it's completely locked and it appears that there's no one at the daycare and there are not really many cars in the parking lot. So it appears also that the workers probably have gone home, but surely this cannot be the case because Harrison hasn't been picked up. So you start knocking on all the doors, you knock on the windows because surely there's someone inside that they're probably cleaning up and they just lock the doors to make sure that the, they and the children are safe, Right. So, you go around and you keep knocking, and finally, someone comes to the door, but they can't open the door. Why? Because it's two year old Harrison. And Harrison has now pulled a chair so that he can see through the pane of the door. And you can see him, and you can see that he's crying. He can see you, but he can't unlock the door. You can't unlock the door. And it doesn't appear that there's an adult inside to unlock the door. So when you see him, you realize, I can't get in. You don't think to call the daycare because that number probably is on top of your mind. So you call 911. You call 911 and tell them what's going on. Like your child is locked in the daycare. The dispatcher is asking you by himself. And you're like, yeah, it's locked. He's crying. And approximately 20 minutes later, the fire department arrives and the fire department pries open the door. So when you get inside, you hope that what you feared isn't actually true. But you realize that, in fact, Harrison was left in the daycare center by himself. And you later find out that the last daycare worker that was responsible for checking the children out left at 6.20 p.m., approximately eight minutes before you arrived. Well, Nicole, that's what happened to Stephanie Martinez and her two-year-old daughter, Anastasia, just this week. Stephanie told NBC that she arrived at the kindercare in Plantation, Florida, and this exact incident happened. And she said that her daughter is now traumatized, which rightfully so. She was left in a daycare center by herself in the dark, locked in with no adults there to wait for her mother by herself. So while no criminal charges have been filed at this time, the case is being investigated by Child Protective Services. So KinderCare, who owns the daycare center in Plantation, Florida, said they made a statement and they said that they were thankful that the child was quickly found and was safe, but this incident should not have happened. The workers that were involved in the case have been placed on leave. They have not been terminated, but they have been placed on leave. And all of the teachers and the staff will also be receiving additional training to ensure that this kind of thing does not happen again. Now, Nicole, as I said, I'm not a parent. I feel if this were my child, I probably would have been arrested at this point. I don't know at what point you tell yourself, calm down. I'm glad that my child is safe. But I know that if my child was locked in a facility that I was assuming that she was safe in, and I arrive, and, you know, I have to call the cops, and the fire department has to get her out. Once I had my child, I probably would have torched the place, to be very honest. And this conversation of, "Let's have a conversation of how this happened," probably wouldn't have even happened because I probably would be in jail right now. So my two-year-old child was left alone. By the people that I not only trusted for her safety, but I pay them to watch her. They can't even do that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, I don't know that I would be at this point. I think we're like three, four days out and have not already pressed charges against them. Criminal charges. But what do you think, Nicole? What would you have done?
0: Listen, I was talking to uh, James this morning about this very case, and I'm telling you a couple of things. It it just, it really burns me up because I can't even imagine what this mother was feeling. And my child is left in the dark. Like the fact that she even saw her child, because there was like another door that the child was behind. So it's not like her, you know, her child was behind the door that was right in front of them. It was like she was looking through a door that was into a foyer that went into another door that was in a classroom. Okay, and so it was pitch dark, and you could see the little girl w- face at the window of the other door. So there's probably like ten feet between the door that the mom was at and the door that the child was at behind. And I would have lost it. One, I would have broken the window and got my child out. Like I would have just broken both windows and got my child out. Like I am not going to wait there 20 minutes while my child is in the dark by himself crying. I mean, he's already traumatized because you left him in the dark. Number two, I would have wanted to know who was the worker that left my child. My child was awake. You had to knowingly tell him to sit there and lock him behind two doors and you knew that I wasn't going to be able to get in to get him. So what kind of person are you? If you are, you, you know, that's going to traumatize that child. You turned the lights off too. You leave a child, a two-year-old in the dark by themselves locked. You don't call anybody. You don't say, Hey, I got to leave Nothing. You, there's no excuse for that. That's number two. Number three the woman came on time. The day daycare closed at 6.30. She was there at 6.28. So why exactly did you leave before closing time? And then if there were a problem, if I was late, because for some reason you closed early now because of COVID or something, you call and you say, hey, what is your anticipated time of arrival? Or hey, we are closed at X, Y, Z amount of time. So you're going to have to pay X, Y, Z amount of money to get your child out because I'm waiting with your child. You don't just leave a child unattended. That is neglect and that is child abuse. So not only would I press charges like she did because she called the police, but I would also sue them. I would sue them for a lot of things, okay? Because that makes absolutely no sense at all. I would have been livid. I would have lost it. There couldn't have been no amount of people could have calmed me down that night. I would have been pissed. And then I probably would have taken my, my child to the hospital to make sure my child didn't get into anything while they're unsupervised. And to also make sure my child wasn't abused and then left in there as a cover up. So uh I just don't um this story just really bothered me on uh on another level because I could just I, I turned to my husband. I said, if this was Harrison, I would have blown something up. Like this would have really pissed me
1: off. I would be owning that daycare right now. Okay. I'm trying to tell you, I don't know that I would even got to the point of owning it, Nicole. I probably would have been in jail. Like when I showed up and my child was just there, then I would have been like, what in the world? Like how, how dare you leave my child? And especially coming from a background of Child care, like, honestly, there are procedures that you put in place for an after-school program, which I've worked at a number of them. There are procedures that you put in place. You either have someone on call. So if parents are going to be late, you have someone on call. You have a backup contact, just in case, you know, something happens to the parent. There have been times where parents have gotten into car accidents, wrapped up in meetings, their travels get gotten delayed. You have a backup. So you call the backup so that they can either come pick the child up or you meet the person and say, hey... Here's, you know, you deliver the child or the worst case scenario is you call the police and say, hey, we are turning this child over to the authorities because we can't contact the parents. Like none of those options are leaving the child in the facility by themselves at all. Like that's not one of the options. I mean, I've had teachers take students home when we can't find their parents. Like that situation is very different. I would just be interested to know the teacher that left at 620. What was going through their mind? Why did you leave and think it was acceptable to leave a child there by themselves? I mean, I just can't, I can't fathom why you would think that was okay. But again,
0: I'm wondering if this is the type of treatment the child gets at the end of the day because the worker's ready to leave. How are these children being treated during the day? How are these people being treated? Because, I mean, they have to be neglected. They have to be, this This teacher has to be someone that really doesn't care i wouldn't leave my dog unattended in the dark Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't that's true roaming around in the dark i mean i just wouldn't do
1: that but to leave a child in the pitch dark and she was too she's two, nicole and to think thank god she had enough sense to like push the chair next to the door so she could see but what happens if someone was banging on the door and it wasn't her mother and she's just sitting there like, hey, and looks up and God forbid it was somebody that was there to do her harm. Like, it's just so much that's wrong with this situation. It just literally makes my skin crawl. Like, there are people who really should just not ever come in contact with children. And I have a strange feeling that whoever those people are that are running that particular center, they need to reevaluate whether they should be working with kids or not. I really feel like that.
0: Yeah, I wanna know what happens to this school. I really do because it really burns me up. Like I don't really trust anybody around Harrison. Like I'm not gonna even lie. And that's why he's not a daycare, right? Like we have paid my mom to move here and she's our full time nanny because I am busy and there will be times where I may be coming home late or probably pushing the limit where I'm I have to get my kid from daycare. I already know that. That's why we have full-time childcare. But I understand everybody doesn't have that type of privilege. I mean, it's it's a privilege for us to be able to have my mom here. Everybody doesn't have their mom that can keep their child and help raise their child. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege that we're able to pay her so that mom can continue to pay her bills. Everybody's not able to pay somebody's salary to be a nanny. Like, I completely understand and embrace that. We are very blessed um, in that way. But- Some people are very reliant on daycares and I worked at a daycare in college and in medical school and I still could not see something like this happening. Those children at that daycare were like our children. Mm -hmm. Like we wanted to make sure they were safe. And the fact that this daycare worker can literally leave
1: this, what was, I mean, what did they think was going to happen?
0: Like, oh, we're going to come back the next day. The child's going to be
1: still there. I was thinking that, but I'm like, if that's the kind of logic that your brain produces, you don't need to work with kids.
0: Because what happens if a kid put their finger in a socket or falls, hits their head or something?
1: Drinks, cleaning supplies.
0: Right. Child in a diaper overnight from until the next morning. You don't think that mom is going to go looking for the child? And you know, like the likelihood, the, the fact that mom found the child is amazing. Because what happens if she wouldn't have found the child? All right, Janine. So, you know, we're talking about children and neglect and abuse and all those things. So I guess we got to talk through some of these scenarios. These scenarios burn me up, but I guess we got to talk through some scenarios with our listeners. So are you ready?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: All right. So the first letter is from Michaela, and she says, Nicole and Janine, my husband and I both work outside of the home. I'm an architect and my husband works as, as an accountant at his own firm. We have two kids ages Three years old and seven years old. Our three year old goes to daycare full time and will start preschool next year. Last week, my child came home saying that she was hit. After a lot of questioning, my three year old told me that she was hit by Miss Mel, her teacher, on her butt. When demonstrating, my baby girl pulled her doll's pants down and hit her multiple times. The next day, I went to the daycare to talk with the owner and Miss Mel. Miss Mel admitted that she had spanked my daughter. For throwing toys. I was livid because I did not authorize this type of discipline and the owner said that spankings wouldn't be done there. Additionally, I wasn't notified of any misconduct or that my child was spanked. This week, Miss Mel is still there, so I pulled my daughter out of daycare. The problem is most daycares in the area have a wait list and I can't stay home forever. What do I do? Do I put my child back in the same daycare but move her to another class or just take her out until I can get her into another daycare. This whole situation is unfortunate because this is tax season and my husband can't take off. Ladies,
1: please help. Okay. So, you answered all of my questions cuz as the letter was going on, I was like, well, is this a practice of the the daycare like but you you said that the daycare promised that that wouldn't happen. Like honestly, you're in between a rock and a hard place. I get it. But at the end of the day, you really have nothing unless you have your family, it's specifically your kids. You're going to have to take off until you can get your child into another daycare. Do not put your child back in that same daycare center because here's here's what I have a problem with. Not only did this woman pull your child's pants down and spank her, which I have an issue with people spanking your kids. Now, y'all can come for me if you want. I have an issue with people spanking your kids, especially when it's not authorized by you, right? So that's number one. Number two is there's no need for you to pull a child's pants down to spank them. That's number two. So we're talking old school, super antiquated, super embarrassing discipline tactics. Unacceptable. Then not only did it happen, the school didn't notify you. Your daughter had to tell you that this is what happened now. If you're going to spank my child, I suggest that the moment that the spanking is over that I be on the phone because that's not acceptable. You can't just all willy nilly be hitting my child and not explaining that one, it happened and two, why it happened. (laughs) And the thought of leaving her in the daycare and putting her in a separate class. The problem that I have with that particular solution is if Miss Mel is still there, that's an indicator to me. That the daycare doesn't seem to think that there's a problem with Ms. Mel hitting children, which means that the daycare would not see a problem with another teacher, Ms. Susie, let's just say, hitting children either. If that's the culture of the daycare, I don't think that that's a place that I would want my child. And if you're feeling like you need to write into us and ask, that's clearly not the place where you want your child either. Find another daycare. It might not be the daycare that's up to par with the education that you like to give your child, but you might be able to find another daycare temporarily so that you can go to work that will at least care for your child until you can get your child off of the wait list for one of the more prestigious daycares. Let me tell you something. Your child's safety and mental well-being is top priority. I would not put my kid back into a daycare where you felt like they were being abused. That's just me.
0: So, uh so with this, again, it a lot of things burn me up with this letter. So, one, don't hit my child, period. Like, I put her in this daycare because y'all said y'all don't hit kids. Then you hit my child. Don't hit my child, period. Two, don't touch my child and on her butt or anywhere else that's covered, okay? That is inappropriate. You do not... Take anybody's clothes off to spank them—that is a a different level of abuse, right there. Um, You're taking my child. Why are you exposing my child? Like, why are you doing that? To me, that's very nasty. You are, and are you spanking her in front of other children, or you spanking her in private? Either way, I have a problem with it because then you're taking her clothes off in private, which to me is inappropriate in itself. So don't hit my child on, on her on her rear end, period. Don't touch my child. If you have a problem with something my child does, don't act nasty to my child. You tell me. You let me as the parent discipline my own child, period. So I would, uh, one, I would sue the daycare. I'm that person. I'm going to sue you. You did something. You violated my child. I'm going to sue you. I don't care how long it takes. It's principle to me. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much money it takes. It's principle and I'm going to win because you have violated my child, okay? You abused my child. So yes, I'm going to sue you. Number three, why is Miss Mel still there? Like a lot of people are looking for jobs right now. While Ms. Mel is fired, owner, step in. You got to take Miss Mel's class place, okay? Take her place or merge classes together. Don't say you too short, you know, oh, I'm short on staff. No, you have somebody that is abusing children still in your facility. Even more reason you need to be sued because you can't say you didn't know. You know, and you took no action, okay? Which means that you accepted that action that she did. Absolutely not. And for throwing a toy, how many three-year-olds throw toys? All of them. So you beating all the children? I just have just a big problem. And, and I know me, when Harrison goes to school, I know I'm going to have to really get some people together. Because if you touch my child, if you actually talk to him down in a kind of way that I don't want you to, if you try to degrade my child, I'm coming for you, Period. Don't talk to my child bad. Don't put your hands on my child. I said what I said. I will take off and come up there. And yes, Michaela, you're going to have to take some time off work. Okay, you have no choice but to find other child care. Guess what? The blessing is your husband, he's an accountant. He about to get paid the big bucks. It's tax season, okay? Take a leave of absence for family issues. You're an architect. You make some money. Great. Perhaps you can scale your schedule in a way that you can work from home for a little while. That way you can do some type of work. From home, Maybe that can help. But girl, go to care.com, interview you some nannies because really you only have a couple more months if you say she's going to preschool next year. So go ahead and hire you some temporary, a temporary nanny for a couple months. You and your husband can afford it. Okay. You might have to cut back on some other places to be able to afford it, but you will be able to adjust, pivot a little bit if you can't work from home to afford it. And then once that tax season is over, perhaps your husband, since he owns his own company, perhaps he can work from home for a couple of days and you guys can save on that child care um, that you would have to pay uh, if you had somebody come in your home and take care of her. But to me, it's not even a question of putting her back in the same da- daycare. No, we're not going to put her in the daycare. We're suing because Michaela, you're going to sue them people. Sue those people. Okay. You're not going to put her in the daycare that you're suing. That says that you accept what they did. There's no reason you can't put her back in there. So you have no choice, but to find another daycare. Explain your situation. Maybe they'll take her off the wait list and move her up sooner or to stay home or to go to whatever care.com or whatever websites you can find that you can hire a temporary nanny that you can bring in there. Put some cameras in your house if you don't have them already there. That way you can remote in and see your child whenever you want to see your child to make sure that your child isn't getting abused. I got cameras in here. My mama keeps my child and I have cameras in my house. Why? Because I don't trust nobody. And I'm not saying my mom would ever abuse my child, but it's for me and my peace of mind to make sure nothing is going on with my child, to make sure I can remote in and he can hear my voice to soothe him if he needs that. That's just my two cents and my opinion, but that is the advice I would give you.
1: So so much stress being a parent. I can't even imagine. Like, this would send me into a... a Whole tizzy, I I can't imagine like someone just not treating my child properly. Oh, okay. Here's the letter that I got. It says, "Hi, ladies, love the podcast. I just started listening in November, and I've already caught up on all of my episodes. Now that I'm retired, I have all the time." It says, "I'm writing because I'm a concerned grandmother. My grandson Avery is the sweetest, brightest, most loving little four-year-old boy that you could ever imagine." He and his father, my son, have lived with me for about two years, ever since my husband passed. My son has full custody of Avery, but his mother has monthly visitation rights. Without putting too much of my son's business out there, Avery's mom is working on pulling herself together. I'll just say she has a long way to go. Anyway, every time Avery goes over to his mother's house... For his visitation, he returns with an injury. Most of the times, it has been minor cuts and bruises, and I just chalked it up to Avery being a rough and tumbled little boy. However, on his last, most recent visit, he came home with a broken arm. And when my son went to go get him, he had to pick him up from his mother's friend's house, who he'd never met before. My son really doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want to set his ex-wife back, but I'm extremely concerned because what's next? A concussion? I want to report her, but I also don't want to betray my son's trust. What should I do? Signed, Tina.
0: Tina, you have no choice but to report her. I mean, this child is being abused. Let the authorities investigate this. I mean, just because you're reporting her doesn't mean that she's going to jail but it will allow CPS to look a little further and they can see like, is this child actually being abused? And the child will probably need some counseling as well if the child is being abused, but you have a obligation to protect your grandchild. So there's no question. Listen, I'm about to tell all my business, but listen, at one point my sister was married and there was some thought that my nephew was being mistreated. Stuff like, oh, he's making him at eight years old go outside and mow the lawn, or he's getting spanked because he hadn't washed all the clothes, right? So, I mean, we were like, this is a lot for an eight-year-old. Like, who, who treats an eight-year-old like this? This is being mistreated. And you know what we did? We told my sister, you better get your stuff together. We're going to report you because we don't care if we hurt your feelings. This is this child OK, we were like, oh, yeah, we will report you. I mean, even recent with my nephews. Now, now that was my older nephew. He's now in college. But my my nephew now, his her younger son, you know, he had mentioned something about being spanked by his aunt's boyfriend or something. Baby, I sent a message to her so quick. Uh, can I have a word? Because you have an obligation to protect these Children. Children cannot protect themselves. They look to adults to advocate for them and to protect them. And so I don't care whose feelings it hurts. I don't care who's pissed off. If the child tells, comes home and tells me somebody and put his hands on him, then I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something to you. You pop off, I'm reporting you, okay? Because I need people to understand that this is serious. You don't put your hands on people's children, OK, and even if it is your child, you don't put your hands on a child to an extent to embarrass or abuse them. OK, you discipline them, but you don't embarrass or abuse a child or lock a child in a room. That's that's a that's abusive. You can't do that kind of stuff. So. So, yeah, I don't care who it was. I told my sister, we can report you. You don't say something to him. We report you. OK, because allowing that is also a sign that you accept it. You accept that type of treatment of your child. And I don't believe in that. We are not going to have any child abuse on my watch. And obviously my sister is not an abuser. And obviously she got rid of that Negro, okay? Because he did not treat my nephew the way we thought he should be treating him. But yeah, those types of things can happen, especially in our communities. You know, hurt people hurt people. And they can take their frustrations off on little children that are helpless. And that's just not right. You have no choice, Tina, but to report this mom and possibly the friend. And let's say your son gets mad. So what? You're protecting the child. He get mad, he can get on out of here. And if he wants the son to go back into that same environment, I report him too. I said what I said.
1: Not reporting her son to
0: Well, I mean, only if he wants to pop off and get mad. You know, if he's going to leave the house because he's mad at mama for reporting this these allegations of abuse, but then puts the child back into an abusive situation. That's not right. That's not right. At that point, I would be trying to get custody from my son. Absolutely. If you're not going to protect him.
1: No, I got it. I don't know what I would do in this particular situation. I do know that I would report it, though. I get that your son really wants to help his ex-wife or doesn't want to set her back, as you said, but... Let me tell you, there have been several situations where I have not been directly involved, but I've known that people were not treating their children in the best manner that they could. Not necessarily abuse, per se, but situations where there was something that needed to be addressed in the home, right? And I will say I have reported a few people. And in every instance, no one has gone to prison. No one has gotten locked up. None of that, right? The only thing that they've received is additional services like, you know, serv- social services. So I don't think that reporting the mom and or the friend is necessarily that bad. Now, again, I don't know what, situ- what the situation is. I don't know if she's on drugs. I don't know if, you know, she has some sort of financial. So I have no idea what her situation is. You did not share that with us. Right. But maybe it's that you need to report her so that she can get the assistance that she needs so that she can then become a better mother to her, to your grandson. I've reported one particular instance. There was a little boy and he had some developmental delays and they were severe developmental delays, right? Like noticeable. And the mother just seemed to somehow overlook them, right? Like her child wasn't responding. He wasn't walking. He didn't have any motor skills. He couldn't follow your, follow you with his eyes. I mean, there were some severe developmental delays and I reported her and I didn't report her to, you know, CPS because I wanted her to get in trouble, but I reported her because I realized that there was something missing between what her son needed and what she was able to provide her son. And like, I think that everyone is scared of child protective services, but child protective services doesn't come and just snatch your kids away. They offer you services so that you can better take care of your kids. So- I'm just saying your son might be a little perturbed with you, but as Nicole said, whatever is in the best interest of the child, that's what you need to do. Your son is grown and he might not see the situation super clearly because he's so involved with the situation. Maybe you just take a step back and, you know, try to have a conversation with him. And if you can't come to some sort of like reasonable agreement, then you're just going to have to risk your son being mad at you because at the end of the day, Avery is what's important in this situation. Everyone else is grown and can make decisions on their own. Avery is the one that's not able to make decisions for himself because he's a child. So do what's in the best interest of Avery. And I think that's reporting her to some authorities. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So this is disturbing, but the U.S. has one of the worst records among industrialized nations of losing children. So... According to ChildHelp.org, the U.S. loses an average of five children every day to child abuse or child neglect. What did you learn new this week, Nicole?
0: So let's see. I learned so many things new this week dealing with this episode is ridiculous. So I learned, uh, according to Darkness to Light in Child Sexual Abuse, in 2017, 2,237 daycare providers were found to be abusing and neglecting children in their care. Of the perpetrators who were child daycare providers, more than 20% committed sexual abuse. Now, I also learned the signs of child abuse, and there's several, and I'm going to go through them because I feel like they're very much needed. One, your child seems withdrawn or excessively angry all of a sudden. Two, aggressive actions towards other children or pets. Three, fear of going to daycare or clinging to your parents uh, at drop-off. Four, flinching when touched. Five, poor concentration or memory. This more often is in older kids. Six, increased affection-seeking behaviors such as sitting on your lap, clinging or asking for hugs. Seven, trauma or redness in the general area, including bleeding or the child having a hard time sitting down, that could be a sign of sexual abuse. Eight, a newfound age-inappropriate interest in genitalia or sex. Nine, nightmares, bedwetting, or night terrors. And that one got me because, I mean, kids, you know, having bedwetting all of a sudden, what happens? They get a spanking for that. They get punished for that.
1: That's so true.
0: But that could be a sign that they're being abused, you know? And then ten development of an STD, which we know we can't get without sexual abuse there with a child.
1: We're going to have to post those. There are some of those that I wouldn't even think of. Like, you know, a child being super clingy. I always think that kids being super clingy means that they're tired.
0: One other thing I learned. So according to, this is Thomas Law, you can sue... For medical bills, the cost of alternative child care, the cost of therapy or counseling, lost wages and pain and suffering. And I believe that uh, it was Michaela that was wondering what she should do. Well, you can sue for all of those things. OK, so if you take leave, you can sue for that, too. You lost wages.
1: We have to do better. I, th- I think that the solution is not about having these conversations. I think that the solution is about we just have to do better on a on a very basic level and get involved when you see something is wrong with a child. Get involved. Ask them what's wrong and believe them. I can't tell you how much or how many times I've heard parents be like, oh, my kid just exaggerates. No, believe your kids when they tell you that something is wrong. Believe them.
0: And that takes me to my motivational moment. And it says, moms, listen to your children. By listening, I mean, listen to the words, watch their actions and feel their moods. You know your child. If something is different, Start asking more questions. Guard your child. Their lives and who they grow up to become depends on it. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep! Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.